how are you? Welcome back to a brand new episode of A Hundred Steps to Drag, the podcast where I, Natasha Hundreds, sits down with your favorite drag artist and ask them where they started and where they want to go next, baby. And before we get into the superstar that I have today with me, I want to give you a little reminder. First of all, you can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. Go and check out the show notes for that. Uh, I would really appreciate it, you know? In the words of my drag mother, Nomi B, every dollar is like a taco from Jesus, bitch. So even if it's a dollar, I really appreciate it. And also, I want to hear from you. So in the show notes, you also find a little poll. It's going to be a question. And I want to hear from you. What do you think it's the hardest part of doing drag? The makeup, getting a bit king, the lower back issues. Oh my gosh, that's where my girl is on, on our 30s. <laughs> so let me know and I'll read out some of them in the next couple of episodes. But now to the main event, Henny. I am so excited for this guest because I've been following them on social media for quite a minute. And I finally, we finally got to meet a Dracon. They are an award-winning Henny, Peruvian drag queen living in Florida. They are a streaming sensation. They are sassy, sweet, pretty, and petite. Welcome, Marisol Lords. Hi. How are you, my love? I'm good. Just getting home from work, getting a shower in, now here to vibe and chill and talk to you about my favorite topic, myself. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, isn't that all of our favorite topics? You know, we need to be obsessed with ourselves. Absolutely. I said, if not, we're in the wrong business, wrong industry. Exactly. If you're a drag queen and you feel uncomfortable talking about yourself, you might want to rethink that a little bit. Also, you look very glamorous in this pink robe. I'm sorry that you guys cannot see this, but this is oh, like opulent. Like, you know, like I am the owner of this house. I'm married to this rich white old man <laughs> i said i'm just sitting here i said a little cozy it's like just pretend it's a fur coat yeah. <laughs> very drag very drag speaking of our question for the audience what do you think it's the hardest part of doing drag marisol i'm finding the will to get into it <laughs> especially after pride month <laughs> oh my god we were just talking about this pride month is like literally kicked our butts literally i'm just getting over being sick myself because this is the first pride that i've been like like really booked for i'm a lot more established now than i was a year ago but I had a couple of gigs outside of my city, in my city. I don't think I had any out of state this month. Thank God, because I, I love leaving, but I hate leaving. But most of my gigs were, I think I had a total of maybe like 13, which is a lot for me. I, may, I normally have like maybe like six. And seven of them were in a singular weekend. Like Friday through Sunday. Oh my God. That is crazy. Ooh, seven on like a, a spam of three days. That is wild. Sometimes because the heat in Florida is a lot. that Sometimes I can't even salvage the mug and I need to shower and start all over. I bet. And so I did one, one mug on Friday for my night show. And then I did, I think, two mugs on Saturday. And then on Sunday, luckily, I was like, let me use a different foundation. A little one that's like a little bit thicker and can last longer. And then that one I just had to touch up my mustache area because the mustache was poking through. That really pisses me off when I need to redo my makeup. Oh my God, because I love doing more than one show in a day because if I'm all, the makeup to me, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love playing with it, but I think it's more like the means to a medium or whatever they say. So I'm like, oh, it's it's a lot. So if I had to redo it, I'm like, fat. I hate it. I hate it. So, oh no, but make 
take that coin, girl. You know, Pride Month is all about weaponizing our queerness. You know, celebrating who we are, weaponizing our queerness. I'm like, yes, do you want me to be in your corporate gig? Of course I will. Very that. For the right price. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, I'm glad I, I at least attended my gigs because I don't know why, but like I caught something this weekend because I called out of work Friday and then the weekend went by and I did all my gigs and I was fine to do them. But then again on Monday, I had to call out of work and on Tuesday, I called out of work. So now I this is my first day back and I was like, why am I here? You're like, oh gosh, uh, I feel you. I feel like that every day <laughs> at my job. Work? What, what is that, honey? What is work? We don't know. We don't know. But I, I find it funny that you say that, that you were more established this year than last year. I don't think I know, but like how long have you been doing drag? I consider the first time that I like stepped on a stage, I consider that like my yearly marks. So it's been about five years back in March. Nice. Me too. Just turned, just turned five. We are five. When did you turn five? Mine was like February. Because I mean, I did like a college show, but then I had to like stop doing drag because I was still living at home and it wasn't like a good situation. But like when I really like, okay. It counts. I mean, it counts, but like, you know, not like as I started like keep on practicing or getting better. Definitely not getting better. <laughs> Maybe getting worse, <laughs> if anything. I started counting like the first time I was booked for like, uh, it was a tip spot, but I was uh, I, my face on the flyer, bitch. The intro to drag is that I watched like uh, like a uh, my local club's drag race. My first time on a stage was like day one of season four. Of like a drag race? Like, mmm. Like our like local drag race competition ah, style. I of, see. Uh, I'm putting a lot of air quotes up. <laughs> it's not, not, not the right. World of Wonder do not come for us, please. Please, this is not a representative. <laughs> no, I feel, I feel you. So like, yeah, okay. Season, in what season are they? Well, I mean, I'm assuming they're like on season nine or 10 now. They just finished nine. They just finished nine. Like maybe like a month ago. That is wild. You know, the world of Drag Race really changed drag. Absolutely. Forever, for everyone. That's crazy. And I think that you're a, a very good example of it because now drag is present everywhere. Even in gaming, which is kind of like your strong suit. What did you find first? The drag or gaming? I found drag first. Like my very first exposure to drag was back in 2014. I was 17 and I was doing an, a hospitality internship at the Palace in South Beach, um, which is a very, like that bar has been there for a long time, even changed venues. And it's like a very like staple and iconic place in um, South Beach in Miami. I d did a hospitality internship on the restaurant portion of it, not necessarily the bar portion of it because I was underage. And I also couldn't be there past like 6 p.m., which was like, oh, thank God, I only work the mornings. But my first introduction was because they had me do a couple of different things. I had to be an assistant to the manager. So I helped with make schedules. I did a little bit of hosting for the restaurant. I did a little bit of serving, not necessarily serving, but like helping the servers. And then part of that was being kind of like the productions coordinator for the drag show that they did at night. So one weekend um, with my parents' permission, they let me stay a little bit later to, to be able to do the first show that I think it was like around 6.30 p.m. And so that was my introduction to drag was meeting drag queens for the first time backstage in the dressing room and then being like, who is this? What are you doing here? And we're like, I'm here to help. Like, what do you need? And they were like, here's my USB. Here's my CD because CDs was, were still very much used. It's like, go give this to the DJ. This is a track I want, track one, track two. That was, that was my intro to drag altogether. Um, but I didn't actually start it until I moved.
moved away for college. Honestly, I stand because being a stage manager, show production runner, whatever, it's a lot of work. People don't realize that people just see like, you know, people with little buckets and picking up the dollar bills and uh, whatever we drop. But it's a lot of work. It's, you know, making sure that everyone's songs are correct, making sure that, you know, the lighting is or the spotlight sometimes. So it's a lot of work. Shout out to all of our stage managers out there. Yes. You're underappreciated and sometimes underpaid. <laughs> Very that, especially to my good friend Jenny. She does actually some producing and like a show running for Bitch Pudding, as well as she is the, the producer of the TwitchCon drag show that we'll get into a little bit later. Ooh. But I just wanted to give Jenny a big shout out because she is going to be the main. You're going to be hearing the same a lot because it is several answers to several questions that, that I see here in this email presentation. <laughs> in my 17-page email that I sent you. <laughs> you said, when were you born? Time, date, location. Yes, I include an NDA and everything, you know, very formal. <laughs> but okay, I love that you, that is how you describe a drag. And like, because to me, that's like a very, like a raw, that's, that is drag, you know, it's not necessarily what we see on TV. It's like exactly the girls, yeah. the working, the gigs, etc. How did they treat you? I want to know. Were they nice? Were they like, they were They were so nice. Oh. They were so nice. They were very confused because I guess they didn't really have like an actual like showrunner. They were just, you know, like a manager would come in, pop in, take their music and like everything would be fine. So like I helped with the lights, take their music, make sure everything's okay. I did zippers as well. Like very, very chill, very getting to know like the environment that I'm in. And it's, it was, it's nice that it wasn't like, for instance, being introduced to drag on TV or on YouTube because drag wasn't big on YouTube. Like even then because it was like I think season I think the current season that was airing was like maybe season six or season seven of Drag Race so it still was like it was getting that reputation but it still wasn't like Drag Race like what to what we know it today um so I didn't even know Drag Race was a thing until like the last two episodes of season eight yeah it wasn't like taking off yet it was just like you know barely there mm -hmm. that is so nice yeah so much better so much better to see it like in person there and be like ooh can I do this it gives a lot more of appreciation of like I guess an individual performer's style because like nowadays I feel like we're all trying to be the next someone while like back in the day everyone was just themselves. Yeah, everyone just trying to, you know, do drag and have fun. Oh, the good old days. Look at us being drag drag boomers. <laughs> oh my god. And this, this isn't even that long ago because I mean, it's, it's about almost like a decade ago, but it was like 2014, which now that I'm looking at it wow, we're a year from being a decade. That is wild. Of introduction to drag. Oh. You're making me feel old too. <laughs> I'm making myself feel old. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay. So that is the introduction of drag. And how did you get into, into gaming in drag and like combining both of them? That was early pandemic. I, my friend Nikki and my friend Inertia, they were streaming and we were in a, essentially in like a very like, you know how friends, you sometimes in like a group of three. That was like our little group. And I really felt left out because I didn't know what they were experiencing through gaming because I never had been a gamer myself. I like to call myself or like a personality who games so they kind of were doing their own thing there and I wanted to explore more of that so sometimes I would pop into their streams either as a viewer or like physically if I was at their apartment like post the initial pandemic I'm like what are you talking about there was no pandemic in Florida <laughs> you're so right I mean we were we were on lockdown for like a good six months it was six <laughs> months and then on the seventh month we said fuck this so sorry sorry y'all I'm the worst but no we we did we did porn 
soon as much as possible. But mainly because he and Inertia, they had a pitch called Two Girls, One Webcam. And then I joked saying that I was the webcam because I was kind of like the odd one out in terms of Twitch. Um, so I would go there, we would perform, we would try to make some coin as much as we would. It was mainly focused to like our local scene to like be able to have an outlet to continue doing drag, which I'm so happy because that just pushed me to do makeup and like focus on my face a lot more. Because when I told you, I can show you pictures of before and burn them all. And I thought I was so soft, so femme. Again, we have to be delusional. I look like a troll. Absolutely. In this, in this industry, oh, oh. Very unique. Very. <laughs> uh, so that, that was my introduction to like um, streaming, specifically like Twitch, um, which is a streaming platform, but there's like multiple out there. So yeah, so I wanted to do that. Nikki introduced me to like a horror game called Dead by Daylight. She said, you know what? You would like these people and showed me like different members of a stream team called Stream Queens that I'm currently a part of. Um, it like introduced me to them and most of them like played Dead by Daylight and I thought wow I really want to play this game I really want to get into this community and then um, Nikki mostly helped me get everything set up and then I hit go live friends would pop in here and there within a certain time I reached affiliate which means you can get paid and so that was like a me what what is the thing that you said a means to make the, um, the something ends, like that the yeah um, means yeah <laughs> like that words english is yeah, second forgive language. us audience <laughs> it was that um for me because it was a great way to make extra income i was still working throughout the pandemic i never went on unemployment myself i was doing very like quarantine when i can and then when i when the money was running out i would do like kind of door dashing type of stuff like delivery driving because i had a car so i would do that to try to like you know be fine because i i never applied for it that is really cool but okay i have so many questions because i'm really ignorant of like the world of like streaming i like playing video video games but I'm mm -hmm. very bad so I don't think nobody will want to see me play online <laughs> oh, those are the best ones uh, really those are the best ones. you think I'm good at video games no I'm a personality who games <laughs> really I'm a personality yes I would say that like I've gotten good at the games that I play but it's honestly so much fun just watching someone fail okay that that is true that, that is true comes from a very like human place it's like I like watching you get obliterated in this game and I love that you keep trying because like good for you love that for you i'm gonna be over here though that is true that's a really good like human element you know i was like okay keep failing bitch but relatable oh, okay you're right you're right but i am very bad so i'm like i've never had the courage to like actually like stream or getting to it so when you go on twitch like can your friends just join the channel or can like some stranger or random people join it as well so it's kind of like <laughs> what I was about to say was really bad. I mean, you can say it and I can take it out. No, so it's kind of like going on Chatterbait where you like watch someone do their thing and like if you have an account, you can comment, etc. It's kind of like that. So you see, that's a relatable example. Now I have a much better idea. Okay, you should have started with that. It's basically like that, but without, you know... Masturbating, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So like, for instance, like I will be in, like, in a voice call with my friends and like playing the same game, that sort of thing. Um, but a random person just can't join the voice call unless like your security system is low. <laughs> ah, but they can like sometimes comment if they have an account and be like, oh yeah, or like- Oh yeah, absolutely. People are awful. Twitch is predominantly great, predominantly white. And sorry, cis white people, but do better. For example, the right Pride Month is when the LGBTQIA plus community is attacked on Twitch the most because people specifically target that tag. And so I didn't get anyone until um, my last stream. I had two people come in almost back to back and be like LGBTQIA whore. And then I looked at it and I laughed and then I blocked 
block them because you can easily block them. And I said, wow, they think they did something. Like if I didn't know that I was a whore myself. Like they were just describing me. Yeah, I was like, that's a description, mama. What do you see? Like I'm in drag. What do you see? An LGBTQI whore. That is a fact. That is not a read. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I looked at it. And I'm like, wow, it's been peaceful all month. And this is what they decided to come with. Like Again, says white people do better. Get creative with, with, with your stuff if you're going to come for us. <laughs> Please just don't come for us. Please, no. I'm tired. It's, it's almost July. No, honestly, it's exhausting. It's almost July, girl. It's almost their month, their 4th of July and all that bullshit. Straight pride? Straight pride. So you're a fan? Yes. Uh, the Old Navy the old Navy and the Kia Summer Souls event. There you go. Actually, this episode, if everything goes well, which I think it will, it's going to go live on 4th of July. So happy 4th. Happy 4th of July, everyone. I hope you're relaxing at home. I hope so. Or fireworks. Either one. It's on a Tuesday. It's so weird. It is kind of weird. I'm like, do we don't get Monday off, but we get Tuesday off? Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So happy 4th, I guess, to everyone who celebrates. That's my straightest statement that I've ever made on this podcast. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I am too. Let's let's get gayer. Let's get gayer. <laughs> Speaking of gay things, you performed in drag at a TwitchCon. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So TwitchCon, convention center for Twitch people. Kind of like DragCon, except for nerds. Lovely place to meet my community, my friends that I've been playing with for like the past, um, at that point, it was like two years. It was 2022. We went, it was located in San Diego. Jenny is the producer for the TwitchCon uh, Drag Showcase. So I applied and was chosen. We went through a lot of screening process of like song choices, outfit choices. And then it all came down to the day. I flew down to Los Angeles first because I actually wanted to visit a friend. And then I, I drove down to San Diego for the event. Got there on Thursday. We did a mock rehearsal. And then Friday was the day of the show. It sounds like a lot of fun. Is this the first time that they do direct performances at TwitchCon? At that point, it was the second time for Twitch. Uh, the first one was in Amsterdam, which Jenny also produces. Ours was the first in the US, but the second overall. Nice. So technically the first. It was really fun. Like it, it has been, I would like to say, the biggest stage I have performed for thus far and still my pinned tweet on Twitter, mainly because it was about, I think, two, maybe 2,000 people in the audience itself, or at least that's, I think that's what I was told. But online, there were about like 25,000 watching. So big stage. That is sickening, girl. And I saw your pinned tweet and I was like, TwitchCon? Like, what is this? I'm, it looks sickening. You looked amazing, first of all. Like TwitchCon? It's like, who the hell is Marisol Lord? <laughs> it's me. It looks so fun. I was like, we have to talk about this because this is a, is a, a big deal. Yeah, I will say that like also, so I I applied and I got in, which is lucky, but it was like also a lot of dedication, a lot of like making sure that I had stuff together for it, making sure that my hair was on point. I want to let you know that I had before going on like maybe 10 minutes before it was time for us to move from backstage to the side of the stage before we went on. Tell me how my zipper busted. No, no. My zipper busted and it was like right here, like almost at like my, my sternum, but on the back. It's so hard. So like, it was like one of those, those invisible zippers. It went up halfway and then we try to move it more. And it, I don't know if it got caught or like, you know how sometimes you have to pull it in the front and pull it down and then go up. Something like that needed to be happened, but it just wasn't working with one of my friends. And so I went to my other friend and she got it up a little bit more. And then this zipper flew off. I am dead. 
I would have pissed myself right then and there. I was uh, so close to crying. I said, this is such a big event for me. This is one of the most important shows of my life right now. And my zipper popped. And so we safety pinned the top together with two safety pins. And so it kind of looked like a keyhole. So it looked a little intentional. But if you watch it in 1080p, <laughs> you just see that. You just see pins. <laughs> If you watch it in 720, though, you'll never know. <laughs> so go to Twitter and watch it in 720 or below, and you're going to be seeing a sickening performance. A sickening back. Sickening costumes. Sickening, no? gowns. Very bad. Oh, no. Oh, that is so frustrating. The other day, something similar happened to me. Obviously, I was not in front of, like, a huge audience or anything, but I was having a, a little photo shoot because I needed, like, updated mug shots. And I'm always a little late. Oh, I needed them. I was like, the ones that I don't even look like those, the old ones anymore. Don't you love when that happens though? No, seriously. A fresh new girl, fresh new style. Exactly. A whole new me. The photographer charges per hour, so it's like, okay, I'm trying to get, scram three looks in one hour, and I'm like, I can do this. It's simple enough. Oh my god. Three in one? Three in one hour. So I was like, I can do this, I can do this. You're psycho. I am. Yeah, I admit it. <laughs> but I had my, my husband there helping me, and we were getting into the first look, and the zipper also broke, and I'm like, shit, no. I'm like, what happened? It was also like, I don't know if I gained weight <laughs> or something, because that's not like a, a stretchy fabric. Maybe I was bloated. I don't know. Maybe I needed to pull a little bit more a little green tea in the morning a little lemon with water yeah a little chia seeds or something whatever they do pure for men <laughs> honestly i should try that i should try that i've heard good things <laughs> you're like i'm not sponsored but i've heard good things and the funny part is that the photographer said like well it's just a skirt it was like a skirt and a corset it was my dragon look that pink fluffy oh love and, and he was like well if you just like hold the skirt we can just take a couple of pictures and that and i'm like yeah good so we kind of made it work and check out those pictures on instagram they're gonna be there so like, oh, but it was so frustrating. You can see in my face that I was like not having it. I was just like serious, like fucking pissed. I need to send you the link to these. It's safety pins, but they're like two to three inches long. Damn. Okay. That's what I needed. But I had just like, come on. And it's a fashion statement. So you can wear earrings. You can make a costume out of them. No, literally. I, I, I am now taking like, because I have gained a little weight. So some of my costumes that are like Velcro belt. <laughs> I need this boots. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, because Velcro and drag queens are like best friends. But I mean, also drag queens and Taco Bell are best friends, you know? So we, we need, please send me that link. And I'll put it on the show notes for every, anybody else that needs a little bit of help. You know, we all do. A little bit. It's a, it's a nice industrial safety pin. It's literally like the size of, what would you say this is? It's really big. It, it's going to work for drag costumes. Trust me, y'all. You know, drag queens and their size queens. I mean, aren't we all? Yeah. I, I don't think I am that much. No. Maybe some days. Again, not when Taco Bell. <laughs> Oh, so fun. That's where the Pure for Men comes in. <laughs> oh my God. So many brands, so little sponsorship. <laughs> so little sponsorships. If you are out there, send Natasha a check, please. Please do. Pure for Men, Taco Bell, please hit me up. Wendy's actually sponsored TwitchCon. <clears throat> Come on. It was fun because I had a drag panel the day after the show, but during the show, bitch, after my number, me out of breath, was asking questions. And she was like, so where can we find you? If you don't know... Twitch and YouTube have like a long-standing feud for trying to like, you know, be the best streaming service. Cause you know, YouTube is still a little bit new to it. Twitch is a little more established, but YouTube gives a little bit more of a cut in terms of payment, like et cetera, et cetera. A lot 
back and forth there. So why bitch asking me questions and I'm out of breath that I can't even think. And she's like, where can you find me? And I was like, on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And I said, especially YouTube. Ooh. Bitch says, I don't know what you just said, but all I heard was Twitch, right? And I said, sure. And then I walked off. It's like, whatever, mama. And then during the other interview, they were like, oh, well, like, what do you do with your money? And I was like, oh, sometimes I go get fast food. Like I go get McDonald's, I'll get Taco Bell. And then without missing a beat, bitch goes, and thank you, Wendy's, for sponsoring TwitchCon. And I said, hands over my eyes. I do not see, I do not breathe, do not perceive me. You're like, that didn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was me all weekend. Just, I'm a, I'm a walking billboard. So if you ever want me to, to do shout outs, you know who to call. Hit her up, girl. Hit her up. She's going to get your brand out there. And a couple more on the way. Oh my gosh. But no, speaking of, of brand deals, like you have a lot of great achievements. You are in the Urban Decay PR list. You are in the Gaming Awards nominee. Queer Tea Ambassador. Honestly, like, let's start some collapse here because you deserve all this applause, honey. It's a lot of big stuff. How do you go about, like, making these things happen for you? It's a little tricky because it's kind of like getting booked for a show. You need, a, you need to be able to market yourself. You need to be able to not be afraid to talk to, quote-unquote, show directors or, like, in my case, a couple of different things are, like, I, I was a Queer Tea Ambassador because Queer Tea um, did away with their ambassadorship program, but I did a lot of, like, charity work for them. I really believe in them as a nonprofit. They are based in California. So if you are looking to do some charity work, they do travel throughout the state of California to different events, different pride events, etc. And their big thing is being able to uplift marginalized LGBTQIA creators in media and gaming. So sponsorship there. Love that. <laughs> That's how I met them is I met them through Twitch just by hanging out in their channel um, and being friends with them like over a course of time and getting to know them. That sort of thing came about that. With Urban Decay, it was very much like a spur of the moment thing. Thing. Like they posted a TikTok that was like, we're looking for like, where I think this one was specifically like trans creators. And I was like, I'm a Latin a trans creator myself because I don't know where I am currently with like my gender identity. But at that point, I was very much identifying as non-binary. I think I took a test recently that told me I'm gender fluid. So I'm like rocking between non-binary and gender fluid at the moment, but very much under the trans umbrella. So I said, hey, um, I'm a trans creator. I market myself with things that pinpoint like my interest, which is being queer, being Latin drag especially. Luckily on my TikTok profile, I had makeup videos, drag videos of me performing, gaming stuff. So they knew where I was coming from. So they reached out and said, hey, thank you for replying for our inquiry. Here is things to fill out. Um, and welcome to our welcome to our team. That is sickening. I feel like a key here is like not to leave exactly. Do not be afraid to reach out. Like the worst thing that they can happen is like say no. And that's it. And you move on with your life. They know or ignoring you. Yeah. And that's it. And people already ignore you on Grindr on a daily basis, or at least to me. So, I mean, I'm already accustomed to that. So there's nothing to lose. There is nothing to lose. Just reach out and try to make it happen for you. I would say like the best tool that, that you can have is access to the internet. That's all you need. And that's not much. That's just going on your phone, going on your computer, going to your local library. Yeah, it's it's not being afraid. It's being it's being authentically yourself, um, knowing what to market. So for myself, I market that I'm Peruvian because you don't see a lot of us. And with that, I'm Latin. Um, I market where I stand within the LGBTQ, which is more of like, you know, the G and the T for me, the trans and the gay, because I consider myself like I'm AMAB with same like same sex attraction or but like I don't discriminate either like hey if you like me I, I wouldn't consider myself pansexual but if you like me I'll think about it 
And for those our audience that don't know, AMAV is a sign male of birth, just so y'all know. But I'm the same way. I'm like, if you like me, I'll like you back. My standards are like pretty, pretty damn low. Like if you smile at me, I'd be like, hey. Hey, no, that's so me. I feel like us as drag queens, we don't get enough love outside of the stage. It's weird because like there will be a lot of people who like want to fuck me in drag. But then when they see me on Grindr, like they block me. And I'm like, you just wanted to fuck me here on the stage. What are you talking about? Literally, literally. You were just like all over me at the bar. Like, what is the difference? And the thing is that I look like a whole woman at the bar and you're wanting to fuck me. But then, but you're also gay. I don't know. Gender and sexuality are so weird, especially for us drag queens. We just can't win. No, it doesn't matter. We can't. We cannot. Also, speaking of non-wins, <laughs> that was a fucking weird turn. Again, English is not our first language, y'all. We do this entire, the rest of the podcast in Spanish. Hablando de otras cosas. Ah! <laughs> Honestly, I want to do an episode in Spanish. I'll, I'll definitely think about that. You reach out your audience to um, pride that you reach us in. Oh, to Mexico City. Oh, my God. That was so beautiful. There's no better support than the support of our people. I felt so, like, over there, like, I... I spent like the whole weekend in Mexico City, just like in the LGBT march, like going to bars over there. And it was just so beautiful. Like, the, like it was like literally the land of my people. I was like, oh, the music that I grew up with, the references that I grew up with, like, ah, oh, so beautiful. <laughs> and I love speaking Spanish too. So I was like, that was great. Like four days of like nonstop Spanish. Love that. I barely speak Spanish where I'm at because I'm, I'm originally from Miami, but I live in uh, like North Central Florida. And so it's very, very, very rednecky. And that's why that's why I've never not had a job is because I'm bilingual. <laughs> but you don't talk to a lot of people in Spanish, especially the things that you're talking about. It's not something that comes up in like regular conversation. So sometimes I just sound like I'm lost and then sometimes I am lost. <laughs> That is funny. I struggle with so many things and English just happens to be another one. Hey. Struggle with my English too. But the struggle this year for me was that Pride campaigns were not very like abundant Prideful. yeah because I, I remember last year but last year i was just getting started on tiktok i think that at this point of the year i'm not sure if i was at 10k yet but at this point like last year i had like a handful of campaigns like under my belt and i was like good and i was making money and i was like oh i'm not even at 10k so i can't even think about how next year is going to look like and come this year and i'm like dry like the Sahara, like my vagina, almost kind of like my vagina. Did you experience that too? For me, it was the exact opposite, but that's because I had a lot of opportunities come my way. Like I mentioned earlier, like this is the first Pride that I have been like actually booked for in terms of like gigs around my city and around my state, as well as a lot of online things. Like I, I did a guest hosting stream on Xbox's channel, which never thought I would be in contact with Xbox at all. It just kind of, they saw my TwitchCon performance <laughs> and they said, this one's queer. <laughs> Let's choose them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, they did see my TwitchCon performance, which, which is how they approached me for Pride. And then I was also through Gaming Magazine because we were part of a Rising Star class. So everyone who was nominated actually won. We were nominated for a winning class. So we are all currently sponsored by a couple things such as Streamlabs and Logitech for the next year. And then 
yeah, and because of that, I was able to get front page uh, for Twitch for Pride, which was really nice. So those are two out of the things. I will say that although a lot of companies pulled back, the one that actually stood out to me the most was Nix because they pulled out several different types of campaigns for the month of Pride. Not only did they have an LGBTQ campaign that I was a part of, I was also a part of their Game Out Loud, which is queer gaming, um, apart from the LGBTQIA. So they had a lot of different creators who do gaming. And um, and it was really nice. They were so sweet. That sounds really sweet. I love that some companies really like stood up for us because I was reading some stuff today. And by reading, I mean, I mean, I saw it on an Instagram story that Google actually was going to have like a, a drag show for like the end of Pride Month, you know, as part of like their employee resource groups or whatever. And they canceled it. So according to the article, the the show was going to happen like outside of the offices. This was going to be like outside of working hours. Again, just like, I guess, extracurricular just for whoever wanted to join. But it was going to have a drag show. And I guess some employees didn't like that. So they started like started complaining or like writing towards like HR or whatever. And they pulled back and they canceled it. You know what I say to those people? Quit your job. Literally. Quit your job. Just quit your job if you hate it so much. That is so stupid. I'm like, nobody fucking complains about when you put your own activities or like your whatever they call it. But the fact that they pulled back, I was like, damn, that is like, I don't know. Ugh. That makes me so sad. It is. I'm like, be genuine in your eyelashes if, if you're going to be an ally, you know? Don't do it just for the money, for our pink money. Especially, like, because we're not even doing... We're not even doing all that. It's not even that bad. It's not even... We're not even all that. Like, why are they attacking us? I don't understand why they're attacking us. Because it's like, yes, we're, the, we're a scapegoat to, like, bigger issues. But, like, what are we doing other than, like, just putting on a show? Literally, it's like if you're watching TV, you're just watching a show. I don't get it. Uh, it's stupid. And I'm like, girl, you f- find something else to do. You don't like it. Don't be there. Exactly. Exactly. Simple enough. Simple enough. Let me live my life. Thank you. Oh, gosh. But Marisol, again, I think you've done so many great things and I can only see great things in your future. I am a little bit of a witch, <laughs> but I want to hear from you. What are some of your goals in drag maybe for the next year? And, you know, your ultimate goal in drag that you, when you accomplish it, you're like, oh, shit, that happened. I don't know, because I don't I don't think about the future. I'm kind of living life day to day. I would love to I would love for a goal for me would be to move out of my state because I live in Florida, which is awful in itself. The drag band officially has a pause, which is great. Thank you, Hamburger and Marys. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Hamburger and Marys. We adore you. Everybody stream Camp on a Kiki, please. <laughs> Even if it's just playing in the back, you don't have to pay yeah, attention, you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Please stream it. I, I would like to move out of Florida. That is a goal that I have for myself in the next coming year. Will I make it? I don't know, because I've been saying that for the past two, three years. But that's always a goal is to get out of Florida. I would say an ultimate goal for myself. I've kind of already done it in a sense, because like my ultimate goal for drag is to be recognized globally through streaming. I've done that. Like I have friends and fans from all over the globe. I was able to perform at TwitchCon, which had a global audience. I've been in several different campaigns um, for Nyx just this month alone that were broadcasted on all their social platforms globally. So I'm pretty comfortable in a sense of I've accomplished what I truly wanted to do, which was be recognized globally for what I do. I think my main goal now is to really monetize it. Make that coin. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you're right. I mean, again, I'm not lying when I say like that you've done a lot of big things and I'm like obsessed because that is a, a huge deal 
most have been like it's been less than a year though that like when i tell you that the glow up from last year to this year is all everything that i've accomplished has been from the span of i would like to say maybe september of last year 2022 until now less than a year that is sickening what do you think that was do you think that something changed did you think that you know something made you want to pursue things a little bit harder or what what do you think happened so twitch has its ups and its downs one of the downs is being too overly focused on your analytics so like instagram queens when they lose followers same concept except with us it's a little bit more more affected because we sometimes get based um on viewership so like how many people watch us while we're live when i first started twitch it was really nice I had a really nice viewership the next couple of years not so much and in march i actually march of 2022 it got so bad mentally like watching myself fail that i quit twitch altogether i was not live on twitch and barely attended like my friends channels for a good month and a half before i was like maybe i want to come back and just do it like i felt so much pressure i put so much pressure on myself um and compared myself to other people which you should never do you're gonna grow at your own pace i needed to step back and i needed to that failure to collect my Myself and say, I don't want this to ever happen again. And so I came back mid to late April and then really started pushing quality content instead of quantity content and really just started working on myself, started working on my makeup even more than I had throughout the like initial pandemic. Um, experimented with different eye looks, different lips, different makeup in general, which led to this. And then I applied to TwitchCon, got it. And then since TwitchCon, and this is why I shouted out Jenny, like in the first place, because without being accepted to that show, the doors of that, that show has opened, has literally set me up for the rest of my life. I love that. You really said, bitch, no. This is not the the life that I want. I'm gonna turn it the fuck around. And you did, girl. Oh my God. I'm so inspired right now. That's why I love doing the pod because I get inspired myself by listening to you all. I'm like, bitch, you better motherfucking work. You inspire me, how? Oh, thank you. Congratulations, bitch. Thank you. Look at us crying on the pod. <laughs> Look at us. No, no, I'm so thankful for you because you really saved me during Drag Hawk. You were like, you're tired, come sit down. I said, thank God. It's a lot of fucking walking. My feet were all also so dead the second day i wore pants because i was like i'm not wearing heels for that second day i'm like no ma'am i'm sorry and i put them back on i put them back on and i and the, but this time instead of running back and forth i like did a loop a park and bark as they call it uh-huh <laughs> oh my god dragon is is a lot of fun i love it but right now we are entering my favorite section of the pod which is the drag tip of the week uh marisol if you could give away one piece of advice for new drag entertainers what would that be oh it's a great question what did beyonce say to be happy uh-huh uh. no i'm kidding i would say find out what your niche is you don't have to be a hundred percent original but find out what you're good at and excel in that. that is a really good point because again going Going back to Drag Race, I feel like that paints a picture of like, oh, I want to be the next egg girl. And for me to do that, I have to do everything, comedy and dancing and costumes. And that's not the reality. That's not how it works in real world. You know, when you go to a club, it's easier to get booked and to get opportunities if you have a clearly defined niche, like you call it, like For example, yourself, you are the gaming dual. Yeah, I'm a, the gaming lat Latina. Yeah, I'm a top 40 diva. <laughs> exactly. I'm a top. I'm a top 40 diva who can do songs in Spanish. Like you know what you can get from me, and then you tell me what you want, and I'll give it to you. Exactly, and that's that's a really easy way to get into opportunities. You know, define 
who what your niche is and then really capitalize on that. I love that. I've never heard that before. Ding ding ding. I said I'm still learning it myself. <laughs> oh no, same. Like <laughs> that's why I, I mean I always say it's for like new drug artists, but I also learn a lot of shit. <laughs> I need to apply it though, so. <laughs> no, you don't. I find it so strange that we're in like this call right now because, and you're like, you're saying that you're like, I, like I'm inspiring you because the thing is that I, I met you through like TikTok because I, I came across like your tips for drag on TikTok were like on my FYP and every so often I'll see you and I'll just click like, but I never followed. And then I followed you and I'm like, I really like her. And then I found out you were, um, you know, like my daughter and everyone. And I was like, the goopery of the season, honey. Gag. Yeah, Gag I got to me. know you through Paradisa and I was, I would follow you on Instagram. And I think I followed you on TikTok. I don't know if like before or after you followed me, but I was like, ah, she is it, honey. She is the tea. So I was like, I wouldn't, obviously meeting you at Dragon was just a cherry, honey, on top of the cake. I was like, oh, totally need too. I'm like, as she lives in California, I'll probably see her. Forgot about it. And then I see you and I said, oh. We're like, oh. I need to go to there. <laughs> You're like, can I sit on your couch? <laughs> you said, Natasha, move. No, <laughs> let me get on the couch. I love meeting you at DragCon. I loved having you in the booth too. I loved having all the people. It was just like a little party. Before we spill too much tea, please remind the people where they can find you and support you on social media. <laughs> you can find me on all social media platforms. Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube. I don't barely go on it. I'm so sorry, Twitch. Um, and you can actually now book me on Cameo. She's available on Cameo. Yes, if you want me to sing you happy birthday, if you want me to break up with your significant other, I'm waiting for someone to send me a funeral. A eulogy. Absolutely. I will do a you. I will write a eulogy for you. Please book me on Cameo. That is funny. Honestly, if one of my grandmas was alive and I had to give an eulogy on her funeral, I'd be like, girl, how much is that Cameo again? It's only 20 bucks. Yes. And I would just like play it on like a projector or something. I love it. Please support them. You're not gonna regret it. You're not gonna regret it, Haney. I mean, you might, but but I've already taken your money at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so it's too late. It's too late. No refunds. No refunds. <laughs> Marisol, thank you so much for being my guest. I learned so much. I feel so motivated and I had such a fun time. So I cannot thank you enough. No, I live. I thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I was actually listening to it earlier today. And then I saw the poll and I said, I voted for no nails. I just want to let you know that. Listen, I know that poll is going to be controversial, Henny. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> with the hot dog, <laughs> the hot dog fingers. And I, will go, I will go out with these nubs fighting. But now I know I will not put a giant ring on it. Uh, you see, we all learned. <laughs> thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. It's fun to kiki with you, sis. Oh, okay. We have to kiki next time that you are in LA. Oh, absolutely. I will let you know, I will let everybody know in advance. I'm going to be obnoxious about it and be like, y'all, I'm coming back. Please do, please. <laughs> and speaking of LA, let me stop this recording and spill the tea on LA. Oh, absolutely. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, don't be shy. Share it with your friends. Leave me a review. If you didn't like it, you're probably homophobic. This episode was edited by Chow Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.